0: Hey buddies, fellow Franco fans, it is I, your host Jason Rudy from Desperate Visions Productions on a editing tear here, getting uh, a Lady Hyde in its final stages and cutting a trailer for it as well and then going back into Emmanuel and uh, going resuming editing on that. So yeah, almost a year to the day of when we started the project and now a year later got one film done and almost... Uh, half to three quarters done on the others. So yeah, here we are. Beauty of filmmaking. Not as fast as Uncle Jess, but uh I try, so yeah, but we have life things that pop up and money and everything else. So if I had his drive and uh things that he had acquired at this time I'd probably be knocking out quite a bit more films and definitely have a little more help. But enough about me. We're here for Uncle Jess. So This is episode 94, film 94, 94 films already, The Cannibals. Uh, That was the UK DVD title. Uh, Of course, we get all information from Flowers of Perversion, The Delirious Cinema of Jesus Franco, Volume 2. All the text and information not acquired by me, of course, is from this book by Stephen Thrower. And uh, yeah, so here we go. All right, UK DVD title, The Cannibals. It's, the production is France, Spain, and West Germany. Maybe Italy, they're not sure. 1980, uh, original theatrical title in countries of origin, La Cannibales. La Cannibales French theatrical title. Alternative titles, Mondo Cannibal, France, alternative theatrical title, which is Cannibal World. Um... Yeah, it's funny. All my Mondo films, I did Mondo Sacramento and Mondo Visions, but never did Mondo Cannabale. Uh, also, let's see here. Um, Les Dieux de Barbares," French alternative theatrical, Goddess of the Barbarians. Uh, Mondo Cannabale. Or I Mondo Cannabale. Mondo Canabale, Okay, it's a poster. Uh, Mondo Cannabale plural. Um and then we have Italian, La Dia Cannibale, The Cannibal Goddess, and then Cannibals, Italian alternate theatrical poster. Uh, the Belgian-France language theatrical poster, Un Pour Le Cannibales, A Girl for the Cannibals. This film has so many titles, it's crazy. So, okay, and then after I go through that, then I'm just going to run through all the titles again in shorthand. Uh, then we have the Belgian Dutch language theatrical, A Girl for the Cannibal, same one. Okay, that's interesting. Belgian French, Belgian Dutch, okay, that's the difference. Uh, then we have the West German theatrical, MC3, Blonde Goddess of the Cannibals, Wanda Cannibale 3, wow, interesting. Telly de Blonde, Gorn de Camera Ballen, Temples. Alright, so you look better now. Um... Swiss, theatrical title, "De Weizen Goten de Kannibalen," The White Goddess of the Cannibals. Then we have uh, Carnes Humana, Mexican theatrical title, Human Flesh, Carne yeah, uh, Humana. La Emparese de Cannibals, French video, The Grip of the Cannibals. Then we have the French video cover, sometimes confused with Devil Hunter, but the cover blurb is for The Cannibals. Mangueres de Holmes. And the U.S. video is White Cannibal Queen. That's interesting. I had seen that before, and I know that was the same movie. I used to see that on uh, DVD or videotape, I believe, years ago. Um, wow, this is interesting. The Greek alternative video is The Barbarian Queen, but I like their, their uh, writing. H H-p-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a- uh, Barbarian Goddess, Greek-English language video, Monde Cannibale, La Dice Blonde, French DVD, German DVD, The Blonde Goddess of the Cannibals, Die Blonde Goten der Cannibalen, uh, Inferno de Calabalen, German alternative DVD, La Dice Canabale, shooting title, Mondo Cannibale, shooting title, Rio Savale, Spanish pre-production title, and Barbarian Goddess, Eurocene Pressbook, unconfirmed titles. Dis blonde and La Dis de Le Perdu Alright, so let's do this again. So here's all the titles in the shorthand for this film The Cannibals Uh Cannibal World, Goddess of the Barbarian, the Cannibal Goddess, a girl for the cannibals MC three blonde goddess of the cannibals uh which is Mono Cannabali three. It's a it's a part three of a, of a series. Uh the white goddess of the cannibals Human flesh, the grip of the cannibals, uh, the cannibals, white cannibal queen, the barbarian queen, barbarian goddess, um, the blonde goddess of the cannibals, correspond to cannibal, barbarian goddess. Crazy. Okay. Whew. Production companies, Eurocine, the mighty Eurocine out of Paris, Magna Films out of Madrid, serious international films out of Italy, and finally, tectonic, Titanic Films. Out of Spain. All right. A lot of information there. Okay. Uh, theatrical distributors. Euro Scene. Of course, Paris. Hermes Films out of France. Uh, Scotia Distribution out of West Germany. And Filmin out of Rome. All right. Timelines, what we like here. Uh, shooting date on this. They filmed this in December of 1979. And it came out in the German certificate. It was issued November 28th of 1980, about a year later. Uh, French visa issued October 20th, 1981, almost two years later from the shooting date. Uh, let's see, French... Okay, it played France as Mondo Canabale on October 21st of 81. Played Bien Switzerland, January 20th of 1982. Then uh, Belgium, June 18th of 82. Rome, June 22nd, 84. And finally, Albinga, Italy, October 11th, 1984. Theatrical running times, France, 83 minutes, Germany, 90 minutes, 14 seconds. Uh, Video and DVD running times converted, UK, the Cine Hollywood PAL VHS version, 90 minutes, 19 seconds. UK Serpent PAL VHS version, 81 minutes, 44 seconds. UK EVC PAL VHS version, 89.50 And finally, the UK Screen Pal DVD, 90 minutes, 19 seconds. Uh, Note, despite Spanish production involvement, there is currently no evidence that the film was ever released in Spain. Confirmed credits. Director, Jess Franco. Producer, Marius LeSueur. Director of Photography, Luis Dora Colombia, as El Colombo. I'm sorry, Colombo, as El Colombo. Production Manager, Antonio Mayans. Music, Daniel White and Jess Franco. Unconfirmed or contented. Dictory credits from the Les Cannibales screen credits. Screenplay Marius Lassure as H.L. Rothstein or from La Cannibales press sheet A.L. Marot Adaptation Jess Franco, assistant director Olivia Mathot as Claude Platt. Script supervisor Ilona Kunsova. Production managers Daniel Lassure, Joaquin Dominguez. Um, wow. Special effects, Jay Weismüller, It's like Johnny Weismüller from Tarzan. That's funny. Or Mike Mallows, Nino Orlando, Claude Pantier. Additional credits from Cannabally Art Director, Marius Lassure as A.L. Moreau. Um, okay, Jay Weismüller again. That's funny. Um, okay, unedited, uncredited elsewhere, adapted from a story by Jean Rolin. All right, cast, Al Cliver as Professor Jeremy Taylor. Sabrina Siani as Lena, the white goddess. That's funny, Lena, the white goddess. I wonder who she's based off of. It's a different spelling, though. Um, Anuka Lesur, Lena as a child. It must be Daniel Lesur's daughter. Uh, Lena Romay as Candy Coster, uh, Build as Candy Coster. She plays Anna slash Diana, Jeremy's nurse. Um, Antonio Mayans as Robert Forster, plays Yakake, Lena's tribal lover. Uh, Pamela Stanford as Pamela Stanford plays Elizabeth Taylor. Nice, uh, different Elizabeth Taylor. So yeah, we have Pamela Stanford returning back to the fold, joining this uh, returning Antonio Mayans from the last film, and of course Lena Romay. So that's the core of Franco's deal, along with Olivia Mathot, of course, returning as Charles Fenton, and then we have Shirley Knight as Barbara Shilton, Jerome Foulon as Johnny Young Safari member, Angel Kababa Angel. Caballero as the expedition guide, of course Jess Franco as Mr. Martin, Portuguese businessman. Uncredited Gerard Lemaire, boat captain, and the Italian poster ads Anne Marie Rosier. Production notes The Cannibals was the first of two films Let's make sure yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, the Cannibals was the first of two films about tribal anthropology. anthropology that Jess Franco made within six months of one another. See also Devil Hunter. In both cases, the impetus came from his producer, and the intent was nakedly commercial, inspired by the stream of lucrative and notoriously violent cannibal movies coming out of Italy in the 1970s. Ex- Franco expressed no enthusiasm for the subgenre when questioned about these films and interviews, and when he returned to Jungle Settings later for El El Tesoro de la Diosa Blanca that's the uh, the white rhino queen or whatever and uh, La les es, les, les les, les Esclava Blanca white queen uh, he dropped the flesh eating angle altogether and played the stories purely as pulp adventures so how did he come to make two films so close together in a genre for which he had such low regard and which came first The cannibal horror subgenre began in Italy, with Umberto Lindsay's jungle adventure film, Deep River Savages, 1972. Lindsay would revisit the genre twice for Eaten Alive, 1980, and Cannibal Ferox, 1981. But, by then, his crown as king of the jungle nasties had been claimed by Ruggiero Diato, who ramped up the intensity with the grisly Last Cannibal World, 1976, and aced the trend with the biggest shocker of them all. Cannibal Holocaust, shot in April and May of 1979 and released in February 1980. Three months before that date, in November 79, Fabrizio De Angelis, co-producer of the Fulci film Zombie Flesh Eaters, commissioned a cannibal movie under the pre-production title Queen of the Cannibals. He hired Marino Girolami to shoot it stirred in zombies to capitalize on the success of zombie flesh-eaters, and released the film in Italy as Zombie Holocaust in March 1980, just a few weeks after Cannibal Holocaust came out. Did, he, did De Angelius rush his gut muncher office into production after a tip-off about the forthcoming Cannibal Holocaust? Giotto's film was in post-production at Diopolo Studios in Rome during July, August 79, Zombie flesh easier zombie flesh eaters, coincidentally or not, was also assembled there at the same time. In the offices, studios, and edit suites of DiPalius, gossip about Campbell Holocaust must surely have been intense. So that's interesting, yeah. So basically you're saying that uh, Cannibal Holocaust was shot in April, May of seventy nine, released in February eighty. Three months before that date, in November '79, that was after Cannibal Holocaust was shot, uh, Angelina commissioned a cannibal movie, Queen of the Cannibals, and released the film in Iliaz Holocaust in March '80. So that would be a month after Cannibal Holocaust was released. Yeah, just a few weeks, okay. Uh, but then also Diotto's film, which was. Um, Cannibal Holocaust was in post production in Rome during July, August seventy nine. Zombie flesh eaters was also assembled there at the same time. Yeah, interesting. So Holocaust almost ripped off Zombie. Okay, yeah, interesting. Insider Trader is also Insider Trading is also likely to have inspired the perceptuous announcement of a project called the Cannibal, with Franco Prosperi attached as director. First proclaimed in the magazine Italian movie trade in October 1979 and followed up in Variety, the project stalled for several months, during which time Franco Prosperi defected and a second director came and went. As the cannibals stumbled, French producers Erosine decided to rush their own flesh-eating saga into production, with Jess Franco at the helm. Uh, Let's see... Sorry, I'm just thinking about something. Okay, Uh, And so The Cannibals was born. Mario Sassur, head of EuroScene, may have been inspired after hearing that Prospero film had stalled, or he may have picked up on industry gossip about the forthcoming cannibal holocaust at MiFid in Milan in October 1979. Either way, he was so confident that cannibalism was going to be a money spinner that he bankrolled two cannibal films to be made simultaneously. The Cannibals, as The Cannibales, Directed by Franco, and Cannibal Terror, A.K.A. Teru Cannibale, directed by Alain Diroule. As Franco later explained, Mario Marius Lesueur asked me for permission to shoot himself with another crew at the same time as I was shooting my film. This suggests that Lesueur, who really who rarely directed, had intended to shoot Cannibal Terror himself, but then changed his mind. Perhaps he had second thoughts after recalling the problem he encountered on Un Caja d'Ore in 1976. Uh, Franco, though not pleased to have a second production playing piggyback on his own, agreed to the arrangement as long as his name was not attached to the other project. With that understood, production on both films began simultaneously in December 1979. Discussing the cannibals, leading man Al Cliver said, There was a kind of a script, three to five pages, and that was the script. Every morning, you got to read the pages, and we improvised a lot. The shooting lasted only two weeks. With such rapidity by now second nature to Franco, The Cannibals and Derule's Cannibal Terror would be ready in time for the Cannes Market in May 1980, thus stealing a march on The Cannibal, which was yet to begin filming. It eventually went into production in June 1980 with Jess Franco as director. See, Devil Hunter. Okay, so that's what that became of it. An article in Variety about the stall holders at the 1980 Cannes Film Market, dated May 7th, 1980, stated Euroscene, headed by Daniel Le produced Pierre Chevalier's Convoy de Femmes, Elaine Steve's Cannibal, Cannibal Terror, Jess Franco's Siddique de Notre Dame, and Les Cannibales, thus placing the cannibals firmly on the table for world sales. Long Euro other titles in the spring of 1980. Alright, review. <clears throat> Time changes everything. At the very least, it rots your brain and lets you enjoy The Cannibals, a film you may have seen long ago in the early days of video rental and dismissed it as the lowest form of Euro trash. My abiding memory of viewing this film back in the 1980s is of it being revved up for a video nasty a la Cannibal Ferox or Cannibal Holocaust, and then staring in disbelief as the ultra-cheap cannibal attacks played in flickery, avant-garde slow motion, with a soundtrack filled with echoed grunts and groans. The idea that one might possibly enjoy this ridiculous farrago never entered my head back then, but now it's different. I'm sitting here thinking, wow, sounds great. The lesson? Beware the catacombs of your trash They dissolve your mind and turn you into, turn your wits to mush. Anyways, I finally sat down and watched the film again, and I have to say, I was entertained throughout. Whether as the Cannibals, or Cannibals, or White Cannibal Queen, or one of many other retitlings all over Europe and beyond, this overexposed Franco film would hang around in the early days of video like the proverbial Bad Penny. But having now caught up with the kind of movies Franco really excels at, I can now approach a piece of trash like the Cannibals with a bit more context and appreciation. Back in the 1980s, this was the only... This was only the third Franco film I'd seen, which did it no favors at all. Encounter it too early, and you'll probably see it purely as a failed attempt to do something other directors do better. Whereas, if you see it after marvels of Lorna, The Exorcist, or Doriana Gray, you can happily view it as a lighthearted semi-piss take, a romp, a minor vacation into horror action venture. True, it's the sort of thing Sergio Martino did better, but at least you don't have to watch a rhino-skinned Ursula Andress twitching around in swimwear. For many viewers, the biggest stumbling block to enjoyment of this movie is the issue of plausibility. My advice is forget it. Franco has an artist's contempt for the plausible. He is more interested in the absurd, the bizarre, the ineffable. Plausibility is very low on his agenda. It's one step away from Mundanti. He's kind of a poet of the unlikely. A film like Ruggiero Diatto's Diodato's Cannibal Holocaust, the pinnacle of all cannibal films, goes to great lengths to conceive, to convince viewers, that what they're watching is real, using the techniques of cinema verite and muddily convincing gore prosthetics to make us wonder if perhaps we're seeing a real-life atrocity perpetrated in the Amazonian jungle by sicko filmmakers, far from the disapproving eye of the camera. City. Diodato even stooped to killing live animals before the cameras, hoping to convince us that the violence suffered by the human characters could be just as real. The cannibals, on the other hand, takes possibility behind the nearest bush and wrings its neck. Franco shamelessly stages his jungle japes in what looks suspiciously like a botanical garden. In the regulation We're fucked and we're doomed section of the film, in which Al Cliver and a gaggle of idiots get lost about 100 yards from where they started, people stagger through undergrowth supposedly miles from civilization. While a few yards away, we can see a neatly trended Tended gavel, gravel path winding between the trees. It leads us to a reasonably effective scene set in the grounds of a crumbling palatial villa with dead and mutilated white men tied to the trees. But if the area is so off the map, what is it doing there? We're presumably meant to think of it as some sort of a colonialist haven on the fringes of the wild where post-Caucasians sip gin and tonics and duck the occasional blow dart. But who knows? Frego never bothers to explain. That's because we're really not anywhere. Not in the geographical, look it up, Google Earth sense. We're in some delirious netherworld of own devising a place where realism is a joke to be kicked around like a deflated football and abandoned in the dirt. Picking up on the general air of irreverence, the dubbing actors have a ball with a plethora of atrocious accents, including some bizarre gone-with-the-wind impressions. The actor, voicing Olivier Mathot in the English version, is having a whale of a time pitching his character as a camp old deer who's utterly unable to take this dangerous venture remotely seriously. We're all mad to go on a cannibal hunt, he trills. One of the girls suggests doing some filming with the movie camera. Yes, why not, he enthuses. And with some clever editing, we might get a tiger in, too. Stock footage jokes in a Eurocene production. Talk about postmodern. Then there are the cannibals. Extraordinary in a hate-Ashbury-for-ghouls sort of way, the cannibal tribe, actually nearby gypsies from nearby Alicante, Sport face paint that appears to have been modeled on designs used by the Nubia tribes of the Sudan as featured in Leni Reifenstahl's pioneering photographic collection The Last of the Nubi, Nuba, 1973. Since the paints probably came from an Alicante art shop, the effect is more garish and new romantic than authentically African. But, then, as already noted, authentic, authenticity is rarely uppermost in Franco's mind. The cannibals doesn't try and then... The Cannibals doesn't try and then fail to match the shocking violence or gritty realism of its Italian forebears. It's the work of a total iconoclast who's been asked to make a movie in a genre he dislikes and who's decided to amuse himself with the material by offering just enough genre gravy to pass it off as horror. Uh, It's a heist movie with the Goldberg producer as dupe. You could say the audience has been ripped off as well, and you may be right. But sometimes you have to applaud the criminal for his aud- audis- audaciousness. Big word. <laughs> for me, the laughter inspired by the cannibals is more than makes up for the lack of nihilistic gore savagery. But like I said at the beginning, that's the passage of time for you. All right. Uh, Franco on screen. Franco plays a Portuguese businessman offering advice to the explorers in a roadside bar on the fringes of the jungle. When criticized by the hero for trading with the cannibals, his response, delivered with a certain vehemence, could almost be a meta-statement by Franco about the doldrums into which he sunk while working for Eurocene. It may not be right, but it's all I know, and I try to do it well. Trading with these people keeps body and soul together. Nice. All right, cast and crew. Uh, For fans of the Italian horror, the presence of Al Cliver in the Cannibals sets up unrealistic expectations. Cliver, real name Pierre Luigi Conti, was a regular for Italian horror maestro Lucio Fulci, most notably appearing in the bloodthirsty director's Zombie Flesh Eaters and The Beyond. However, anyone hoping for a Fulci-esque slaughter on the grand scale will be terribly let down. The few instances of gore in the Cannibals are either fleeting or aestheticized into abstraction by the decision to film the gut-chewing payoff scenes in murky slow motion. Luis Colombo, credited as director of photography here and camera operator on Devil Hunter, went on to direct uh, Ria in Impossible, comedy starring Antonio Zoris and Commando Terrorista, 1990. Obscure fan of... Alona Consova, script girl on this and many other Eurocene productions, is the daughter of Daniel Desur. I can find no record of special effects man Carl Manor, nor either Nino Orlando anywhere. Alan Petit asserts that a man called Carlos Franco, credited as art director, set director, on the Los Canabales press sheet, is in fact Jess's nephew. There are two people called Joaquin Dominguez, whose names crop up in the credits on Franco's films of this period. One is Joaquin Dominguez Rigoso executive producer and head of the Triton Company. The other is Joaquin Dominguez, Jr., who is credited as production assistant on Franco Triton's productions El Lago de Virgins, 1981. Various other Franco films of the period, including The Cannibals, credit sometimes Joaquin Dominguez as production manager or unit manager. These roles would fit Joaquin Dominguez, Jr., far than Joaquin Dominguez-Rigosco, the latter of whom is too senior a figure to be handling day-to-day practicalities on the set of a Just Franco movie. Production manager credits on films like Devil Hunter, El Sexo de Loco, and The Cannibals, therefore, almost certainly belong to Joaquin Dominguez Jr., who's probably the son or nephew of the Triton executive. Alright, music. The catchy score is credited to Roberto Pregadio, a veteran of the Italian cinema who provided music for, among many other uh, buh, 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 buh. A sex experiment However, in the documentary which appeared on the Blue Underground DVD, the Cannibals Franco stated categorically that the movie was composed by himself. Movie that the music was composed by himself and Daniel White. <laughs> Interesting uh, location The jungle expedition scenes were filmed at the Palmieri de Elche, a plantation of palm trees in the province of Alicante. It's the largest palm grove in Europe, covering over three and a half square kilometers. The New York footage was borrowed from a documentary f- obtained, Franco obtained from the Spanish film archives. Nice. All right. Uh, connections. Franco looked back to the same source that inspired Joe D'Amato's "Emmanuel the Last Cannibals, 1977, and Sergio Martino's Prisoner of the Cannibal God, 1978, particularly the American adventure serials of the 1930s. In particular, he seems to have been channeling Robert Hill's 12-part Queen of the Jungle 1935 about a little girl lost in a ballooning accident over the jungle who is found to who's found by a native tribe and grows up to become their queen before becoming rescued by an old friend who tries to bring her back to the parents she no longer remembers. That sounds like the exact same film. Uh, the fight between Al Cliver and Tony Mayans, knee-deep in the river, battling for the love of the same woman, echoes a very similar situation in Franco's 1963 Quasi-Western El Larano. Larano. The unusual slow motion shots of cannibals chewing human flesh echoed a similar depiction of cannibalism in Elsa the Wicked Warden. As noted earlier, Alain Durell's Cannibal Terror was shot on many of the same Spanish locations as the cannibals, and Durell made use of Franco's props, background performers, and some of the same cast Pamela Stanford, Olivia Mathot, Antonio Mayans, and Gerard Lemire. He was also allowed to use a few identical shots from the cannibals, namely images of the tribe running around and looming into camera for victim point of view shots, plus shots of a special effects human torso with the limbs cut off and stomach ripped open. Wow. Okay. Cannibal Terry, yeah, I don't really care for that film. Uh, French theatrical release. The cannibals didn't exactly set the box office on fire in France, something which much have irked Eurocine since they took the unusual step of buying a full back-page color advertisement in the trade paper Le Film France. November 13, 1981 edition is graced with the Mondo Cannibali artwork of a machete-welding savage standing astride a cringing white woman. But despite this uncharacteristically lavish ex expenditure. No further bookings appear to have been made. Um, the only French release I've been able to find was A Week in Lily*, for which a disappointing 942 paying customers turned up. Whether the film played elsewhere is unclear because the provincial listings in Le Film François don't include films attracting less than 800 attendants. It's possible to film toured the regions, playing to smaller audiences, but it's difficult to check without resorting to the local newspapers. All right. Um, Wow, there's quite a bit more information here. Two uh, two more pages. Okay. All right, other versions. The Cannibals was released and then re-released under a bewildering array of titles, three of them in France alone. The credits scattered across the multiple versions are a nightmare to decipher. Some film prints and additional posters even place Franco Pasperi in the director's chair. It's notable. Above, Prosperi was the intended director of the Cannibals, a different production. Okay, um, To make sense of all, let's begin with establishing the order in which the various editions of the Cannibals were created. Given that the film was a Eurocene production, it's reasonable to assume that the original is one of the three known French editions, either Le Cannibales*, Mondo Cannibal, or Le Dice de Barbaris. I therefore nominate Le Cannibales*, which has the more accurate and extensive on-screen production credits and a 1980 copyright date. It is also referred to by name in the Cannes special, May 8th, 7th, 1980. Uh, We can see this version today thanks to the French video release of the same name. The on-screen title card is consistent with design, the rest of the credits, and we can be sure that La Ballets was the title on the 35mm theatrical print, not a video retitling. After a disastrous reception in Cannes, where According to Alan Petit, the film was laughed at by buyers. La Cannabale kind of sat on the shelf for a while until your scene worked out what to do with it. Fast forward a few months and the film reappears as Mondo Cannabale with the heavily truncated screen credits and an array of new materials. Yes, the poster artwork cares, carelessly disagrees with the on-screen title by referring to the film as Mondo Cannabale and the accompanying stills make matters worse by calling it Mondo Cannabale's But fear not, this typographical chaos is typical of the Eurocene experience. Mondo Canabal, Mondo and Mondo are one and the same release. What's harder to fathom is why the company promoted the picture again around October 81 as La Dice de Barbares. As its writing, no film print bearing the title ever surfaced on video, DVD, or Blu-ray. Uh, but, uh, given that this poster appeared, the words in small letters, the bottom seems that it was regional French retitling. God, all this extra stuff. With the sequencer established, all the puzzles, a lot of stuff here. Um, let's skip over some of the numberings in that you probably don't care about. Another intriguing issue is the co-production credit for Magna Films among the screen credits for Le Cambales. In terms of hands-on production, Eurocene was clearly the prime movers of this film. They are named three times on screen, and the regular cast and crew members are all over it. The credits began naming Eurocene as presenters and copyright holders, but a later caption says the film was co-produced between Eurocene and Magna Films. Magna Films was a post-production house based in Madrid, so why do they end up with production credits? Perhaps Franco edited the film there, and Magna granted him unusually generous terms in return for some sort of a later kickback. Notice that Magna was also producer of Franco's unreleased L'Esperado di Oro, made immediately before the Cannibals. The producer of that film was Joaquin Dominguez Rigoso, head of Triton. So it seems he's also man behind Magna Films. Um, more information about Magna. Uh, moving on to international releases, the Italian version, Le Dìa Cannibale, not give not only gives the Spanish outfit Titanic Films as production company, but also attributes directing duties to Franco Prosperi in the opening credits and Julio Perez Tabarno in the closing credits. What appears to have been, happened here is that Tabernero uh, was planning to release the Cannibals in Spanish, hence his and Prosperi's possessory credits designed to grab two lots of tax incentives and or film subsidies by passing off the film as an italian spanish co-production for some reason though the film never came out in spain so the italian release in 84 was all that remained of the arrangement all of which would make a modicum of sense except that the italian poster for ignores all this and gives credit to just franco did prospero did Franco Prosperi catch wind of the Italian release and threaten a lawsuit leading to a reissue with Jess Franco properly credited? If so, this could explain a curious anomaly in the Italian release. God, all this extra stuff is crazy. Um, Sirius was a small production company responsible for a handful of sleazy and oddball titles in the late 70s, including the obscure 79 Rape Revenger, Midnight Blue. While Fellman were a fairly well-established distributor company, and they were also mentioned in the early trade announcements for the cannibal. When prosperity was still a trash project, confused yet yes. Finally, a curious French advertising artwork for Les Cannibales has turned up online, which credits Sabrina, Cirene, Sabrina Ciani, Jerome Foulon, and Olivia Mathot. Believed to artwork taken from the German release of Devil Hunter. Across the top of the ad line, I don't really know about that. I've uh, been able to trace the province of this assembly, and I suspect it was knocked up quickly before cans. Cloud, a confusing picture even further. Yeah, a lot of confusion around this. So it happens when you start changing the title too much and changing credits and names and really just changing so much stuff, you you start losing track of what's what. So, yeah, it's yeah, a good lesson for you. Don't get too greedy or if something doesn't work. It doesn't work. Don't keep you trying to change it and change it and change it and change it, hoping that it will work, so... Yeah, interesting. Uh, full disclosure, I have yet to watch this film. I'm going to watch it immediately after I set down this microphone. And I'm going to do the review with Kali returning from Los Angeles, California. And uh, we're going to record this time back on Zoom again. We did a, a podcast for the previous episode, number, uh, was it 93? Yeah, 93. Uh, uh, o and Honeymoon. unfortunately that file was not recorded properly or lost, or I don't know. I hit record, but it never showed up, so... Anyways, that sucks, so... Yeah, so we have her back tonight, and she'll be doing the guest review with me on Cannibals, and we'll see what she has to say about this film, so... All right, hang on through the bumper music, and we'll be back with our review of Jess Franco's Cannibal Opus, The Cannibals. Buenas noches, ma
1: All right, we're back now for the review of Devil Hunter. I mean, the cannibals. So, <laughs> uh, and with that yeah. laugh, you hear is uh, Kali, uh joining us again on recording through old-fashioned Zoom again. How are you, yeah. Kali? Oh, I'm hoping
2: that this uh, all pays off. My third Franco movie this week. Maybe we'll get a podcast in
1: with it. <laughs> yeah, well, we got, yeah, this will be two out of three. The other one, I know we didn't didn't go through but uh yeah you know but you know uh, i was
2: thinking about that actually the what a honeymoon one yeah Since that was franco's like lost film
1: yeah yeah. that's like our lost podcast i know i I read when you wrote that like oh that's kind of a good way to look at it you know (laughs) and you still got the term banana island out of it and there's some things that you got out of it even though it wasn't preserved for the ethos you know so yeah good stuff (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So speaking of banana islands, there's there is a banana island in this film, actually. Who did uh, not that? No, I mean actually, I was just that was my joke of just all the guys that are uh, the naked guys on the island, you know. Oh you know?
2: that that kind of banana yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so yeah. This yeah. is a banana island the insane
2: film. cannibal posse.
1: Yeah, made out of, of uh, Spanish gypsies with the most amusing face paint I've seen in a film. It's not like one style. It's like everybody has their own style of face paint, which is crazy styles and shapes and everything. Just- it's like Juggalos, like, but Art Deco. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Conan the Barbarian meets fucking uh, pro wrestling meets like Carnival and uh, half white, half black. And just all these different, it's just amazing. All the different face paint in this. So yeah, totally um, absurd. But, so yeah, so this is, uh, I watched this one like good old-fashioned blu-rays and dvds because it has like the title of the dvd that you're watching mine's called cannibals <laughs> compared to devil hunter oh yeah uh, just so a, we know that's, there, a, that's
2: it devil hunter is also called cannibals if you look it up on letterbox like it's got alternative names and I don't... Is one of them and since they're both 1980 it's like what the it's confusing
1: but I was laughing too. Cause we had this conversation earlier in the week and I was like, Oh, it's this one right here. And wow. I pointed to Hannah. Yeah. Anyway. So
2: I know, no, I still got confused. Cause like I pointed to one and you'd said it was a different one, but then it turned out it was like, I was thinking it was a different one. So cause the original <laughs> one I thought it was, wasn't double hunter. It was something else.
1: Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. You were uh, on a different film by a different director. I think it was like some cannibal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this is, um, I like the cool opening theme. Um, so the person that's credited with the music, I think he just did the opening theme and then like Franco and Daniel White did the rest of the music because he talks about that they did the music. But that opening theme is unlike anything else. The real like, Humray! it's the cool like fucking jungle jam. And they play it like yeah. almost all the way through the movie in different sections, you know? So that's like... Oh, yeah, Kong goes all the way. Yeah. So, so that's pretty cool. Um, on the copy I watched on the DVD, it has the beginning, it says a Franco Prosperi film. So... This was uh, a later cut where they put him in as, even though Franco's credited as the director, they have him as the director in the beginning, which is funny. It's it's an odd thing because this film has so many different cuts. And in the introduction deal, I read on uh, the first part of the show, there's like 15 titles for this film. It's crazy from the barbe- from the Cannibal Queen to you know, it's all these other names: Cannibal, Mondo Cannibale, Mondo Cannibal Three. You know, just a lot of bizarre stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah so yeah and and he, he made a couple cannibal films this year it's you know it's like and he named them both a bunch of names it's like i literally was googling like you know which like yeah. is the same cannibal like it was, it's it's uh, yeah so listeners it's, you know there are a couple cannibal films
1: <laughs> yeah that's why it's good to like either you know especially if you're watching online because a lot of people there's a lot of file sharing places that have a lot of franco online some in spanish some in different titles or languages and stuff so with that it's it's kind of like you know you got to really do your investigation that way when it comes to those type of things because there's so many different titles and phrases and languages and mistitles and everything else is crazy uh, from what i've been hearing um speaking of mistitles we see uh lena in here is titled as candy coster and uh antonio mayans is robert foster as well yeah, I caught that. I thought that was strange
2: because I was like, oh, maybe we're going to see lots of sexy times. And I mean, you do get to see Lena's boobs, but yeah, not not only like a glimpse or two. And while she's being devoured. so
1: Yeah, there's that one shot where <laughs> I uh, uh, marked it the thing where she kind of like leans in on the guy when she's trying to seduce the guy to try to help him out. And you see her boobs a little bit there. But yeah, later on, you <laughs> see when, when she's getting devoured. Um, yeah, And we'll talk about that scene because I was laughing about that. Was, there's was something funny that I caught. So anyway, um, so we have have directed by Jess Franco. Um, We start off with, of course, uh, water, body of water, boat, and uh, a jungle sound effects, along with a mirror shot in a uh, little toy box with a little ballerina that goes around a circle. And he uses that shot for a long time. And he shows it, her face, and something to comfort her, you know. Yeah,
2: innocence.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we have uh, Pamela Stanford returning. She plays, um, oh, it's funny too, because the girl's name is Lena, which I was laughing. And like Lena is the is the goddess they worship, and Lena is is the cannibal queen. So uh, I was just laughing. I was like, okay, you know, that's yeah. good. I just named her Lena, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but he spells Obviously. it different L E N A instead of L I N A. So
2: yeah. But clearly a
1: nod. Exactly. It's like, worship Lena. That's all I was laughing. I was like, okay. um no problem um so so yeah so we have that we have um okay so funny right off the bat with this film this has some of the worst dubbing of any franco film that i watch i never watch dub versions i always practice that i watch spanish or german or whatever the native language is and then read the subtitles because dubbing always sucks this is some of the worst dubbing ever it's like everybody has southern accents british accents weird it's wise. bad i feel like i've heard worse with franco but i think
2: i listen to the dubs more than you do because i i don't yeah. mind it because it always just amuses me it's like kind of like a so bad it's good thing but yeah the, the i like um when franco
1: talks and he his his uh dub yeah everybody uh steven thrower comments that it sounds like a, a gone with the wind cast because they're all like well you know i should sure do and <laughs> everybody's got that real just heavy and one of the guys sounds like Forrest Gump. And I'm just like, wow, man, some of the guys are just like the dubbing. I, I, that threw me off because I just know what everybody's voice sounds like, especially Lena. Lena's dubbing wasn't bad. I can still tell it wasn't her, but but it was closer. But yeah, yeah, I was just, I, it just means that was so goofy, you
2: know? Yeah, it's awkward, especially when she's like trying to be sensitive to the guy who's like having PTSD from watching, you know, his like family when his wife get devoured by cannibals and and she's like you know oh aren't you feeling well <laughs>
1: you know, it's yeah like, i oh. know yeah so and then they laugh and some of the so like, what
2: that is <laughs> the, that's not the right
1: <laughs> feeling behind it yeah very <laughs> cold reads on a few too yeah, well. yeah super awkward so we have pamela stanford that returns to the crew uh she gets back in with the, with the franco crew and she plays um elizabeth's mom who's the first person that gets killed by the cannibals and uh we see them it's funny so we see the cannibals outside the boat and we see the little straws they're underwater but when they crawl out of the boat their hair's dry their makeup's dry their body's completely dry they have not a drip of a drop of water on them when they're cl- climbing in or anything i noticed that i was laughing i was like okay yeah. you know it should have got them wet or something yeah um so the eating scene really interesting on this because uh from what i was reading franco didn't really like cannibal films and they basically did this to uh, as a cash in for the producers and all that stuff so he kind of was making a kind of a jokey kind of a goofy film you know like a jungle romp uh serial film but he really the high spots of the gore he really like takes his time and shows it and exaggerates it slow motion uh changes it from black and white to color a lot of close ups really the gore of like eating raw meat and the close up shots and the and the sound effects of the moaning and the chewing and all the jungle rhythms and all that stuff it's pretty cool actually i i uh, really liked the the look of the of the uh, devouring scenes yeah you know so
2: i've never watched a jess franco interview because i kind of i don't know i i want like the mystery i want just the magic of franco to be like just his movies I, i don't know whenever i like you know, love a band, and then I learn like who the people are in the band. I like the band a little bit less half, I the time. and I, I just I want to like love uh, Franco forever and never like be so. But I don't know. Today I was like, you know, I have this twenty minute uh clip of a Jess Franco interview about Cannibals, so I should watch it. Like you know, like maybe for the podcast sake, you know, like be a good podcaster. <laughs>
1: whatever. Yeah, have a little extra <laughs> footage or a little info. So well, maybe some I'll just go it for share, it. yeah, yeah, just the
2: one, and and it. I only got like three, four minutes into it because that's when I realized I'd watched the wrong movie. <laughs> 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 and I was so, like, "Wait, this isn't the movie I watched that he's talking about?" So it was really good. I did that, or I kind of was shown up like, "Oh, I watched the wrong movie," but um but it was funny because the one thing he was talking about was that he didn't. um he he didn't like the cannibal movies that were out but it it wasn't because of it was he thought that they weren't realistic enough they weren't um like they they weren't scary enough like cuz they weren't like like he thought that like you know if you found a cannibal with this like horrifying thing they're eating you alive and just like just the the horrible like you know horror of it and he thought that like the in the movies they were more like Lackadaisical, or like not as like as and they didn't like do the gore as good. Or, I don't know what his trip was, kind of, but like yeah, he was saying it. Well, he so he explains like he wanted to do really long takes <clears throat> because then you, you like kind of what you're saying, you know, like he, 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 you know, like like a really long take, then then you really believe it and you really like feel it and you you feel he's like, I've I learned this long ago when I started filmmaking as the longer the take is the more real it becomes to the viewer so that's why there's there's like these long takes where he's trying to make you really feel like the horror of the cannibals so I and I yeah and then as I watched this even just that little clip because I didn't have time to watch the rest of it before you know meeting with you and I I kept thinking of that as I was watching the movie like yeah these are insanely long takes of like people getting eaten
1: (laughs) That's interesting, because I have that uh, interview on on the disc, but i haven't watched it yet, and uh, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about him as a as a, a jazz musician and about how all of his movies are like songs. so if you think about it, the cannibal eating sequences are the high spot of the song, like that's your main guitar solos or your main meat that people want to see, no pun intended, so he's going to like really <laughs> stylize that that thing, and okay, this is what you want to see, you want to see people eating people so you know and, move, and whatever is whatever you know but I'm gonna really deliver that in spades and that's gonna be the big fucking show off part you know
2: I love that and I think you should keep it pun intended
1: yeah yeah well yeah yeah, song. <laughs> yeah no, so it's funny so we have um the black white eating scene mixed with that slow motion overdub moaning growls it's kind of cool it's very hypnotic and almost like a song and just very trippy and really, really cool. Uh, a lot of the like this would be a good soundtrack. I was thinking, cause there's some funk stuff later and there's some like jazz, there's some like jungle type stuff. There's some weird synthesizer. There's some organ. There's like a lot of cool, like s- songs on this. Uh, one thing about this film is I really like the soundtrack. Oh, and then the ends theme, which I'll get to it later is from uh Eugenie or a uh, um, Eugenie to the Little soft uh, and that which makes sense because the daughter and the father come to see the daughter. I was like, Oh, duh! And then I wonder why he's using Eugenie in the end. I was like, Oh, okay, that's kind of that theme, too. You know, huh, that's wild, yeah, yeah, that's kind of weird. I've uh, I kind of I know, that. I still don't know how you recognize the songs between uh, music. I always could catch my first like, I was thinking as a kid, I used to watch uh, name that tune, and they, yeah, play like two notes can you name that tune and I can always guess it pretty quick you know just a couple notes or whatever you know
2: I can if it's like songs that I'm you know like I love too often but not just like anything I don't know like and I mean I don't listen to the soundtracks of
1: movies like some well I don't either but I think with this it's like (laughs) I'm watching it as as a study in my mindset so then when it comes up later it's like oh I remember that info almost like you're taking a test and that
2: no, I'm aware that's how your brain works. I'm just saying it. All, yeah, I'm just kind of
1: thinking that as I'm talking it out. Like, <laughs> oh, that's probably why. Because if it's some on the radio, I probably wouldn't catch it as quick or
0: something, you know. Mm. But,
1: so yeah, so we have
2: I uh, Daniel White when he when he plays with Jess though. Like their 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 magic is so great. That was actually the thing with Devil Hunter is that that's Daniel White and just Franco too, and the music and that is lovely. And so yeah, I caught that it was the same. You know, them cool. playing again, and I was hyped about that.
1: Yeah, I've I've yet to see that. That's like still four films from now. So you kind of got the jump (laughs) on it. (laughs) Let's get the head start. Um, So, yes, we got uh, what else we got here? We got um, long drawn out. That was their gore high spot. Um, I liked uh, the uh, low light of the cannibals faces when they were coming on the boat. He kind of shot them from underneath lit and they're kind of seeing. And it's mostly light outside, but it's all dark just to show they're being scary when the little girl hides and then they take off and then she jumps out and um she uh the cannibal tune oh yeah so there so this little cannibal tune that they were playing uh when you first see the island everybody's kind of dancing which is funny because you see all these little kids laughing running around in circles and they're going around in circles and see this topless woman with really big nice tits and she's just like dancing around and see all these spanish and actually uh they're all spanish gypsies that played the cannibal tribe
2: yeah it's Uh, pretty funny funny when they're constantly talking
1: about the horrible white people and i'm like "But you guys are like really white yeah (laughs) there's all different guys there's a lot of just skinny guys with no body hair but there's a couple like fat hairy guys that totally look spanish or italian i was laughing i was like that guy could not be a fucking you know, yeah spaghetti tries so that guy looks like uncle Vito from the fucking pizza shop or something that you know? guy's eating a lot of people <laughs> yeah i just stand out all stout he has like this four corners paint like he's a fucking wrestler so i was like this is funny but yeah so yeah, yeah that was pretty funny but anyway so yeah so that little tune they're dancing to um i'm a Fleetwood mac fan talking about music and the stuff before stevie nicks and lindsey buckingham got in and after peter green left between those two the uh, bob welch era uh, Danny Kerwin, Bob Welch, and all that stuff. There's an album called Bear Trees. And that little song that they're dancing to sounds like it could be something off that album. It's got this cool, like, like a little wind flute, a little guitar and drums. And I was like, this is a cool little fucking, it sounds like a 1972 Fleetwood Mac little jam or something, you know? Nice. I bet yeah, if we could watched it together,
2: you could have like, I would be able to reference that. I've seen Fleetwood Mac. I love them. They're great. Yeah. That's, I, 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 that's a obscure reference you have there though.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but it's cool. It's just that album. I really dig bear trees. It's it, it's a really good album. You should check yeah. it out. Um, But yeah, yeah. Anyways. So yeah, so we have that uh, the Spanish gypsies as the cannibals with the face paint styles. I liked there's even a guy that has a, a Kabuki like Japanese style paint on his face, you know? like yeah a kabuki theater i was thinking that So i was like what you know
2: <laughs> i mean the main guy like he has like a weird like line kind of thin line coming down his nose but then it like yeah, goes off style. sort of like it actually reminds me of that meme that was going around where like when quarantine started and the chick like painted her face like her cat it, it oh yeah like,
1: yeah right right
2: do you remember that yeah totally. <laughs>
1: like it was it was like
2: everywhere that's what he kept reminding me of like, funny the whiskey, like yeah. Meme chick. yeah
1: that and of course the juggalos the insane clown posse what uh a couple guys had face paint that was like mustaches they had face painted mustaches yeah i was laughing like what that's fucking cool idea i never thought about that you know it's was just yeah totally I'm sure he's just like, Hey, paint up how you want to do it. And just probably had all these styles and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting. The
2: red, yellow, green art deco looks was just, what are you going for? (laughs) That's not scary. It's just like, you're trying to be avant-garde. Yeah. I'll try not to keep going off, but yeah. No, 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 no. no, no, The whole movie, like the best part of it is the face
1: paint for sure. Yeah. There's so many. What? (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny to see everybody just reacting with that. And they're just like having a good time. And, And they're just sitting there drumming and you see the all the smoke and the fire and little kids laughing and topless women. And then they like bring the guy in and then like chop his arm off, like when all this shit's going down, you know? Yeah. He does a really good job of like pretending to to have a, you know, cut off arm the rest of the time. Yeah. He like tucks it behind his back and they kind of do that fake pin thing and and you yeah. see it come out when he's fighting the guy at the end a little bit, he kind of, his comes out a little bit and then they have to stop. and He kind of like tucks it. I was laughing, but, but that yeah. wasn't bad. You know,
2: I was going to try to bring up the end cause I didn't want to like spoiler or oh. like right from the beginning, but yeah, that end part, like actually I thought he did really good for yeah. like, you know, having like the, the weird arm. Cause I was like, how they're, really, they're in the water fighting. Well, first and- thing he
1: does, he takes his shirt off, kind of wrap it around and kind of to kind yeah. of hide it from the audience, you know. was like, okay, that's the first gimmick they're gonna do to kind of work with yeah. it, you know. That was all crazy. But no, that's like totally funny. So yeah, so we have um uh well that's going on. The, the I mean, I, I usually go through blow by blow because I already read the read the synopsis, but mm-hmm. but parts that we want to talk about. The dad basically sneaks off when they discover the little girl basically jumped out of the boat and she's like floating in the water and they find this little girl and they're all uh, queen, queen, white queen. And they like pull this girl up and they start worshiping her. And the dad like sneaks away. Goddess, goddess. Yeah. Not just a queen, but a goddess. That's right, white right, goddess. Yeah. And uh see, now what's funny is I didn't see the 10 years later card. Did you see that pop up anywhere in the film? I mean, no, but
2: it was like, you know, they kind of just show her like grown up. And then I know. So they're going, how much time is supposed to how it- pass? It was weird though, because at some point I swore, and maybe it was just that like the dub said it weird or something, but like he, I swear they, asked, like when Jess asked him, when Jess Franco's character, you know, asks him, like, yeah. how long has, she, has your daughter been gone? He said like six years. And I was like, she really grew up in those six years. Like that yeah. was. Yeah. Cause I would cause, guess I mean, she was she probably like about, was,
1: cause, I was like, she, More. Yeah, cause I would guess she was probably like seven or eight when she left. And I was thinking, okay. 10 years she's 18 or maybe if she was six she'd be 16 or something but yeah not six years because because i mean from a little girl to a grown-up woman i was like come on man like how long you've been out you know and he looks the same and the people that his friends i've ever the same so i'm like how the fuck exactly
2: dad looks the same and it's yeah. like yeah. same and beard
1: and everything same hairstyle everything the
2: same i mean if you found that and that was your daughter i mean yeah i'd almost like forgive you for you know it's just like geez she's like smoking hot and totally grown up and it's like she went from like daddy's little girl to okay she's wearing those uh crazy you know loincloth little number around her you know boob that that weird what was even going on with the boob like
1: sash yeah she had one boob sticking out and she had like a g-string and it was uh the thing the two things i was kind of jumping ahead here but yeah the two things i liked about her was uh well a lot of things I like from her, but was her uh, tan lines <laughs> and uh, <laughs> something else? I'll get to it when I get to. It, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, that was the main thing. I was I'm like, getting... yeah, she had great tan lines for being, you know, and she had cool face paint too, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, her 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 blue stuff on her head was kind of uh, I
1: don't know, sireny. Yeah, it was almost like sci-fi kind of like fucking bird woman kind of thing, or I don't know. It was just really really <laughs> trippy. Uh, okay, so let me go back to the notes. Um, so yeah. So we had the dad sneaks away, one arm, and then the um, – <clears throat> so the New York footage uh, that they show, that was shot by um, somebody else. I forgot where it was that I read it, but um, let's see. Uh, yeah, so the New York footage he got, it was from another company, and um, – uh, bu- bu- let's see. Where is that real quick? Uh, oh, yeah. The New York footage was borrowed from a documentary Franco obtained from the Spanish Film Archives. So that's cool. All that footage of New York where you, where you see him now and everything. So, and that was yeah. all really cool to see all that footage.
2: That was obviously not a cannibal Holocaust. How so they'd kind of, you know, bump back and forth between like the big city and the wild jungle. Only there wasn't like any of the notion of, you know, who are the real, you know, creeps. Cause it's totally just the cannibals are the creeps, like period. There's no like, kind of cognizance of like you
1: know the horror that so-called civilization has wrought right. <laughs> but you see the statue of liberty and all that so you know it's new york and it's funny because like zombie takes place in new york and i think cannibal holocaust or not Holocaust, but uh cannibal apocalypse and a few of those they have like we show new york because to italy and stuff you know america is in new york you see new york you know america so there were cannibal
2: holocaust wasn't that new york that was yeah that What's was. That? I'm pretty sure Cannibal Holocaust was New York. I've seen Cannibal. Yeah, Holocaust, yeah. i was thinking that's what i was thinking. Like, I think was, it, yeah, yeah. I, I it'd be weird if it wasn't. I think, but I, uh, maybe I could be wrong. But I mean, but yeah, like the, that was the New York
1: thing. Ripper and like all those Italian zombie and horror stuff is always New York, New York. So it's funny that he chose that footage to use, you know. But
2: but yeah, it totally. I mean, I think it's direct. From cannibal Holocaust. It would be like the nod there.
1: But yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, the kind of keeping that same vein.
2: That's the you know cornerstone of all cannibal movies.
1: <laughs> yeah. um so i like how
2: he he did not do that as well with like putting them on the the sticks like he had people on the sticks just like you know the iconic you know i mean they didn't he didn't do the thing with the you know stick through the mouth of the you know
1: stuff but i mean and
2: that was you know kind of weird because that was one of their own that they did that too and that was like a way to honor her or whatever in a weird way but they he still kind of did that in like a you know to whatever, show that they'd killed him or whatever, yeah, or trophies. Plus
1: the, plus the lead, Al Cliver, he's in Zombie, or you know, a zombie, and he's also in uh, The Beyond, so that's another, like, Italian oh, yeah. actor that is famous for those movies, so you cast them in there, and oh, this is this is like that, especially in the same one or two years before, you know, this film, so it's...
2: Oh, cool, I didn't... Movie, you know? Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Love I of Beyond.
1: Totally, totally. Um, so yeah, so we got... Um, so then in this part we get the New York footage. We get the uh, Lena playing a sexy nurse, which is a nice touch for her. I think you actually called it with the wig. I I just I think I
2: just was like into the suspension of disbelief and what a honeymoon when she's got the feathered but like it's the more I stared at it, like, I was like, wow, that is a wig, isn't it?
1: <laughs> See, now this one, I thought it was her real hair. So now we're okay, on the So side. Maybe I'm, I don't know. Right. Now, now we're on different sides on this one. It's funny because I looked at it like, oh, her hair must have grown back. but But it could be a really good wig, too, you know, or who knows?
2: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Like, cause I was, cause I was defending
2: that it was her real hair. And what happened when you were like, no, I don't know. It looked like a wig and it doesn't, the timeline with how it grew and stuff. And then it, when I was like, oh, yeah, looking at it again, like it's too perfect. It's just too, maybe Lena is just too perfect. Could be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She pulled it off, but I really wasn't staring at the wig too much in this either. Cause I was just like looking at all the other stuff or her yeah, voice and Odyssey in this one. Oh, yeah. But, she looks great. But you yeah, don't see looks, enough of her. No, no, no. She's, she's, been, she's been
2: just a little side character.
1: But it's nice. So she uh, so we see the guy with his arm tucked in the side of his bed, which is a cheap effect. But like you were saying, but it looks good, you know, and they pull it off well. And the pin shirt and a few. I mean, you could tell by the size of when he's moving that you could, he's kind of tucking the arm like this or behind him or whatever. But it still looks good, you know. I mean, he's actually a pretty good actor. Well, like, oh, yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, he's a normal actor. So,
2: yeah, like, I mean, he does a good job of, you know, like getting across all the emotions of, you know, heavy PTSD from. Yeah seeing what he saw and being like horrified and so you you kind of are more apt to like believe in his you know arm oh yeah totally
1: totally and there's a scene where he's going up the stairway where he like turns his body away from the camera where his arm is he's like going up and cheats it where it looks (laughs) unnatural just so he can tuck it i was like that's smart he's doing it so you can't see that it's fake but yeah i was was laughing yeah so uh, i like that um so then we have uh Number 11 on the thing is uh, we have um, out of focus shot during the uh, chessboard scene um, and uh, bad dumbing I put of the assistant nurse. She had like a really bad southern accent. The uh, uh, Lena's assistant. She calls out to Lena in this really bad southern like Owl's hair. Hey, something <laughs> really bad, you know. It's like, what the fuck? Where the fuck are they at? Like the most rural Georgia fucking wow, that's crazy. To be fair though, there
2: are millions of Americans who talk like that. Oh, yeah, I know. But it's just,
1: it's interesting (laughs) that in this film, there's such a wide variety of accents of these people. Oh, yeah,
2: totally. But, you know, hey, maybe they came to... Wherever the heck that is, you know, what, yeah. what jungle is that supposed to be? I mean, whatever, Brazil, you right. knows yeah. where they are. But like, wherever, you know, maybe they got there from Alabama, you know?
1: <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, you know, and they are a big melting pot. So I get the cannibals. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, you never know.
1: The melting pot. <laughs> okay. So, um, so then we have uh, something new that I added to the list, uh, another number. Number 29 now. Uh, and, yeah. and I keep seeing it and I, I, I didn't even fucking think about it. Um, and it was in the last film as well. Um, reading a book scene. You always have one of the leads reading a book Frank likes to <laughs> show, show off a book that he likes or something that somebody or it's pertinent to the story. Yeah, there there was linda lovelace there yeah the other one i talk about that and he's reading that book uh in the last film the young kid when he sees lena he's reading the book about the greece greek war and all that stuff you know but in this one lena's reading um
2: my moist sex i just need to say that on on the podcast (laughs) i deleted last week or last yeah, they're our last one yeah, yeah, i yeah. love what a honeymoon so much it's such a good movie and i didn't oh i'm so pained by that but yeah bloodline i caught that i mean th- it's funny the only thing i know about bloodline is that it was like a series on some
1: like you know it was like a streaming thing or something and like yeah but i just, like, I just laugh because bloodline the cannibals is also like the cannibal kind of bloodline you know
2: like oh ah, yeah 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 so I'm sure but um, um,
1: yeah 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 um, oh,
2: there's crocodiles in this. We have to shout out to the crocodiles.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, there's there's lots of those, definitely. Um, but before that, when Lean him's walking through the town, we have number eighteen, a really nice fish tank shot, and that almost felt was like right there in front of the camera. Like, all right, we haven't done this for a while. Here's the fish tank, and it was just like totally jammed <laughs> in there. I totally like that.
2: Yeah, just was like, let's get a fish tank in there. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I saw you post that to Instagram. That's cute. <laughs>
1: And then we have uh number nine, uh jazz music, when we see um Olivia Mathot with his young female assistant they're kissing and stuff. But all the movies, he's always kissing younger women, and you know he was like being part of the film, so he could always be kissing and grabbing women and just being all, you know, enjoying it. So yeah, it's funny. He does that again in this film.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. They get you I mean, you gotta take a little time out from the
1: cannibals to get some. Exactly uh then we have number four and five we're back to palm trees and jungle sound effects we have the weirdest makeup design for cannibals i have um uh, and also how how does she age so fast is why is my stuff because we see her and she has one boob covered and i go it's 10 years after but i didn't see a card so yeah it was funny and their 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 language is a mix of gibberish and english because they'll go like Buddha, Buddha. I need to do this and this and that. And it's like, what the fuck? You know, it's it's weird.
2: Yeah, it was really handy that they all spoke English. You know, especially when he's trying to communicate with his daughter, who now speaks their language, which is also his language, but also with the Buddha, Buddha. But yeah, like I mean, when you know, at the end, when he's like, "You're not a goddess, or whatever. You're my daughter," and she's like, "Oh," and she understands, like. That wouldn't have happened if, you know, like he should actually been in engulfs into another tribe that spoke another language.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but for the story to take story yeah time, yeah, you have to do that. And uh yeah, so that's like the first nudity we see, I think, is is her, and that's about like 31 minutes in the movie. And uh then we have number 19, uh not talking parrots, but kind of we have long <laughs> shots of birds and, and parrots and monkeys and like all these really cool animals. And, um, I saw lots of parrots today.
2: Oh, you did tons of parrots on my street, like going nuts. I was, I, I had to wander all around looking for, I, you know, my car got broken into and I was right. like searching for, I did find remnants of some of my things that were left scattered around, um, the area. So I was like, on like hunting and finding like yeah. blank and whatnot and it was kind of neat because these parrots came and almost kept me company and were like flying over me and these like in their flocks and screaming nice. about it i was like you go get them i was yelling at the parrots like go go find them. That's,
1: that's funny i like, kept
2: imagining the parrots like picking up somebody and carrying them to me with all my stuff
1: <laughs> yeah no, that's cool we have that and then we have uh Je- and i have a note jess's dubbing wow jess's voice in this is so funny i was just laughing i was like let's see what jess sounds like and it was just pretty pretty comical
2: the actual worst of all the dubs yeah it was like i yeah. was like i'll take the worst
1: one <laughs> so funny. let's see what we got okay cool um so then we have um we finally have lena nude very briefly at 41 minutes in the film and she's you know, wearing like- this, yeah and she's wearing this white, <laughs> white dragon robe it's like a white robe and it's got a dragon on the back of it when she tries to seduce the guy in the bed when he's still going through his, st- his situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. And then we, and then we have good, I I made a note really good music throughout, which I would mentioned. There's a cool funk tune on the boat. So of course we have number eight club scenes dancing. We have a bunch of dancing couples on the boat. There's like about eight or 10 people and they're just dancing, having a good time on this yacht, you know, just boogieing down,
2: which is yeah. really funny.
1: Um, because i they think
2: they're all gonna go have a fun time in the
1: jungle yeah because they basically humor the guy thinking oh he's just full of shit this cannibal story that he told us is in his head let's go on a fun little expedition and see this wild thing and they're just idiots Total
2: nod to cannibal holocaust where they don't really understand what they're getting into right For the they're first just, time
1: you know? yeah, yeah 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 so uh we have uh Antonio Mayans, Robert Foster, of course. He plays the husband to the White Queen, and they decide to make them a couple. And then he ha- he has to have this really great sex scene with her, where he just lays on her and just pops a <laughs> few times. You yeah, her face. You just like, and then yeah. they get up and they walk out. They're just like couple, do do doo do. You know, with the tribe and everything.
2: Yeah, like going through the motions there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What was there? There's that one um, uh, kind of. W- that, there's a different cannibal movie that's like that where it ends where like they all. Um, why can't I think of the name of it? It's a really famous one. Is it the D'Amato one? It's like where they all um, uh, like take a turn on her, and it's it's not Laura Gemser, but Laura Gemser's in it. Emmanuel the Cannibals or whatever. Oh, Emmanuel
1: um, and the Last Cannibals. Yeah, yeah. Like at the it at the end. Yeah, I kind like, of forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just
2: no, like it go it's up ever. and like and
1: and like yeah, yeah no totally yeah no that is uh A emmanuel and the last cannibals yeah yeah
2: it's the weirdest thing it's like they're all just going through the motions like i have to do this like like you know it's just mandatory yeah <laughs> like, that's kind of what it's like it's like what
1: are you doing <laughs> sex have fun exactly <laughs> especially there god damn um what right. i liked is what's that i just said right i was yeah totally totally <laughs> Um, so we have the expedition, they're going out and I, it was a cool mix of these old buildings where they had the, the cannibals had kind of like, like ambushed this, this little village and like killed all the people, tied them to the trees. And we see like people with arrows sticking out of them and, and like the little fires burning kind of like apocalypse now or something Why We have like a really cheap version of that just kind of bombed out little, you know, old colonial village or something, you know? Yeah. That was, that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, there's small fires burning that was going on, and then uh, there's a cool effects when they kill. So, so a couple get scared, and they leave, and they get killed off screen. But we see their remnants of a big pile of guts with like a camera and everything. It was, I thought that was a really cool effect because you don't know what the fuck it was. It was like guts and something else, like part of a torso or something that was yeah, built or totally.
2: something. Yeah, freaky stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When they start like you know going and taking them out, it, it gets. It gets gory and like brutal and just I don't know. I love when they, the 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 woman is pleading for the break and and finally you know then the guy is just like waiting all excitedly for his when he gets to take his shot and
1: then they start going down and I don't know It's just
2: everyone's all the women screaming. of
1: just like, ah, let me. Oh let yeah, you they see you. the people getting attacked off screen, picked off one by one by the unseen you know cannibals hiding, and Antonio Williams them, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, yeah. crazy. And then at uh fifty-three minutes thirty seconds into the film, oh, right. we have number nineteen, talking birds. uh There's these birds that are flying, and you can hear Franco's Franco's. If you listen real close, you can hear Franco's voice. He's going like, raw, raw, or he's making this weird oh, bird sound?" God. And it's not even the birds. So I listen. I can hear his his tone. So I'm like, really, really subtle. But he's like dubbing some of the birds because because there's a scene where he's like filming these like big like seagulls, and they're like are these whatever they are. Um, not seagulls um cranes or whatever they were and they were like flying and he's like showing them for like three minutes he's just taking his time and that was the scene where they fly up landing flying up and landing and and he's doing his little voice on the bird so <laughs> really subtle but i but i but i definitely caught it and i was happy so uh-huh. yeah so yes, we have birds. exactly so we have the uh the crew like i said gets picked off one by one kind of in a future predator style and uh i noticed that one of the trees had um graffiti carved into it like somebody had put some initials in the side of a tree when they when the guys when the the captain guy with the black beard goes down with him by himself and he goes down by the water and he gets uh one of the arrows in the back and he falls down you see the tree in the foreground is like a bunch of initials carved into it and stuff so nice yeah, yeah I, I as you
2: that. know i had a day and so my cat was cuddling with me just full confession here and so sometimes i was Petting him and looking at him instead of the movie, so I did oh. not catch all of the nuances. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Ziggy can be very demanding with my my energy. I try to tell him I'm watching a movie, and he just like rolls over
1: and you know needs belly rubs. That's funny. A little slut. <laughs> One thing though, I noticed when they were going through the area, and uh, in this area that's the jungle, they have paved sidewalks. They have some stones that the lady died on. That's like a paved incline thing. And the plants, if you look at the plants, they're all like manicured and like gardened out. And it's all like, <laughs> come on, dude. It's like you tell us like somebody's flower bed and stuff. Because like <laughs> they filled it like a park area, like a nature uh, reserve or whatever type place, you know. So, so yeah. So it's not out in the jungles nowhere. It's it's in a regular, you know, place where people can go to. So that's what I really like.
2: Zoom is about to run
1: out. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and take a pause here and then uh, we're we'll going ahead and do the second half. All right. So recording in progress. Indeed. Uh, One thing I've kind of forgot to mention, one thing I liked about the realism of this was that the white cannibal queen had hairy armpits. I thought that was good that she didn't shave her armpits.
2: (laughs) Nice. Yeah. You know, I used to have hairy armpits back in the day, you know, like I, I didn't shave anything until I was 23 and I moved to Chicago. And then it was like, I had to, because of civilization.
1: I, I like, like thirty that, seconds that, in. We're already going. On how it's back to you.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, though, no, like that's how. That's how. Like when you're in nature, that's how you are. Like as right, like, yeah. Oh, but I like shave, and it's like, yeah, it's a good symbol. That's yeah, like,
1: yeah. But if that actress had like shaved her armpits normally and then did the role, you'd be like, oh come on, dude, she has shaved armpits and she's out, you know, in the jungle. She should be hairy and stuff. So it's good that you know that little yeah. bit of realism was there. You know, even though it didn't. She let be, it. But, yeah, let it, it totally grow. Did. Exactly. So um okay, so we had the graffiti, all that other stuff. Um so we see them eating. So here's a part that I caught that was a mix-up. So the second per- they kill the second woman by the by the steps and she's laying there and they're eating her, and she's wearing this cool, like kind of brown top. But in one of the slow motion scenes, you see part of a denim, kind of a denim edge of a jacket, I'm like, wait, she's not wearing denim. And then later on when Lena's killed you see the denim on her thing. I was like, oh, okay, it's from Lena. And so they, so they show a, a couple frames of the cannibal eating slow motion. That's from the Lena scene that they use for the other woman, just to add uh-huh. more gore, you know? Yeah.
2: Mix it all up.
1: But make yeah. a little
2: paella of, of, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause I noticed too. Cause like the skin was a different tone and that <laughs> denim. I was like, wait a minute, that's not the same person, you know? And it's just like, whoops. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have, um, so I liked how basically everybody's picked off. Except for Lena, of course, and then uh, Johnny, and then the main the main actor, uh, you know. And uh, so then, uh, but then I noticed too. Lena, a note I made: Lena's not as strong as Lena normally is in this film. She's like crying a lot. I mean, and it's natural, but she's not as take charge as Lena normally is. She's yelling a lot and crying and running and being frightened, you know.
2: Yeah, she doesn't have like her strong Lena character. It's kind of interesting that she went by Candy Coster in this because it's almost like she wasn't feeling this role or something. Or
1: good call, yeah, because she normally does that for like pornography or, or or those type of roles, and this didn't have yeah. no reason for her to, for use that to hide her name. So yeah, that is interesting. Good, 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 good catch. I didn't think about that. Um, one thing though I did catch was that they had a lot of clean bleached plastic skulls on display in the uh, cannibal tribe.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we haven't even mentioned how rad that the cannibal staff was of the, the leader of the cannibal. Oh, go of- for it. Yeah. Yeah. Go for that his, his uh, I mean just that it was great that he's like he, they kept showing these shots of him just walking through the jungle holding that big staff with the you know big skeleton head on top of it and just how badass that looked it made me think like that'd be a cool Halloween costume I should be a cannibal <laughs> like I could walk around with a staff of a skull <laughs> like
1: yeah that. And just let your hair <laughs> hang over your tits and just walk out <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <all> cool, yeah <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, the, 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 uh, yeah I loved uh, I, yeah the whole yeah
1: all the skulls everywhere it was good stuff maybe at the upcoming Franco night at the uh, LA deal for the uh, <laughs> faceless you go dressed as the cannibal I'm in costume <laughs> whoa <right? laughs> there was no cannibals and faceless it's <laughs> Franco universe it's a fucking yeah, Multiverse. Universe. <laughs> Multiverse. well yeah, Greta on the last film so you know the wicked warden shit so um so then we get now to uh, Lena, Lena and them get captured. And I thought that was a cool shot of them carrying Lena on the, on the pole when they're carrying her and they capture her and they have her tied to the thing and they're kind of carrying her in. I thought that was kind of sexy of her just being carried into the thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The carrying in on the poles is a great
2: touch. And it's also kind of cool how it's like fresh bamboo that they yeah. like cut down the bamboo immediately like and, and then tied them up to it. Like, I don't know on the fly, like and it's just also like where are you getting bamboo? Because like isn't that like a Asian thing? I don't know. I was, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, there's bamboo, bamboo shoots LA, out but, here,
1: but yeah, I mean, it's it's rich. Like, For a-
2: bamboo in Brazil, I don't think that's a thing. I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I just always kind of thought of that as like where pandas are. That's
1: true. <laughs> and they bamboo. But, <laughs> but it was uh, cool, though. It was like fresh green bamboo that they were hanging on. And speaking of what pandas pandas do eat bamboo but cannibals like to eat lena so uh okay. lena of course all the other Ooh, people get like lena so like the Sorry. uh <laughs> so like okay. pamela stanford gets eaten she's got her clothes on uh second gal gets eaten you see her a little bit you don't really see lena though fucking full tits out i was like all right it's like a fucking almost a sex scene she's got her boobs out and i was laughing so i noticed and then she has her pants kind of undone and the cannibals eat by her boobs and then they like look like they're going down on her they kind of like open her pants up and it looked like they look like they're eating her out yeah i anyone. mean to the lady at the beginning they did that too like at the very beginning, they killed the chick's mom they like went right for her snatch you know it was like oh, i didn't catch that okay i was just seeing them eating but yeah i yeah because they were all kind of but- hovering over but Lena, i just caught it more because you see her pants kind of open and the guy's face down there just like almost like a sex scene like franco shot it like a sex scene of lean and a guy you know sucking on her boobs and eating her snatch and anybody's, he, he's but instead he's ripping fucking meat out of her you know
2: i mean to be fair like where you know where would you want to eat i mean i would i'd probably go for the ass you know like that's where the you know like that's where the the you know is supposed to be like the the fattiest and but you know meatiest juiciest like chunks of of flesh but so you know uh, but past that you know turn her over and there you go
1: it's funny because recently i heard an expression for a vagina that i never heard and it was um the meat wallet
2: <laughs> you hadn't heard that that's no, great wallet, i love yeah, that
1: meat wallet meat so meat i thought wallet. about lena's meat wallet when he was you know eating her. so
2: that's a good one that's in a song i, I
1: can't think oh, of oh is her. it okay yeah i, yeah. I, I, I laughed about it um <laughs> so yeah but what i liked was that even though it wasn't her voice it was kind of sexy because you had her moaning with the tribal drums and the groaning of when he's eating her is kind of like a mm-hmm. almost like a jam i thought if you just take that little Song or her moaning when she's eating her and stuff. That would kind of be a cool, like little dance jam, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, go but, for it. Sample it.
1: I know. Sample a play. I'd be just like. Remix. Kind of
2: you should do just Franco remixes alongside these uh podcasts.
1: Yeah, more work, but I know there's I know, there's a lot more style I want to do with certain things, but just the time and the work. Oh, I know. You know, even put in trailers. Really ideas. So. And- yeah, that no, is a really good idea. Definitely. Maybe we'll do that for the 100th episode or something, because I want to do something different for the 100th episode. I'll talk to you about that later, but so, yeah, we yeah, do that. What um, number are you at? Well, we're at 94 now, so. So, yeah, yeah. And, and number 100 is Bloody Moon, and I've already watched that. So, basically, episode 100 is going to be a free-form show just about Franco and other stuff, you know, and not really a film. It's just going to be talking like we talk and stuff so it's really
2: cool that bloody moon is 100 that's great because yeah. I mean, that's one of his top films that's, it is it's
1: definitely fun. cool nice so speaking of bloody moons we have lena when she's getting eaten and uh you have a cool uh stock changes in color when it's in slow mo it's a little bit lighter uh and they eat her boobs i said blow her waist pant line and they have these really weird he shows this rib cage shot of like i guess they're tearing her open or something you see like a open rib cage uh, like a carcass and it's a so bizarre shot that he like throws in there i was like i don't know it's kind of trippy looking yeah uh, 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 yeah all the intestines and stuff it all is just is
2: a great cornucopia of gore
1: and there's um there I, I i wrote down one of the words they go they go bagaloo bagaloo <laughs> is a word they say i was thinking of you know babaloo from uh uh, I love Lucy, you know, Ricky, Babalu, Babalu, <laughs> but, but they were going Bagaloo. So I wrote down Bagaloo, Cause they're like Bagaloo, I bring her here. Bagaloo, eat a bagaloo. So Bagaloo. Bagaloo. And, yeah. but then by this time I caught number 13 mind control theme. They basically had the daughter under the mind control uh, against her parents and no, I'm, this is my, how I am. And I'm, you know, so they had her with that situation. Oh yeah. Yeah i kept
2: thinking when she was i mean you know at the end there like the trauma that that girl is gonna have no matter who oh. dies like she's just traumatized like for life
1: <laughs> yeah because uh we have uh, uh uh that's this after yeah so basically yeah. she uh yeah. sneaks out and she cuts them loose and um that's when they play the first eugenie in theme that kind of Yeah, Yeah, that that little jet when she comes out, that was weird. When I just did that little humming, it said playing music. That was bizarre. (laughs) A little thing popped up on Zoom. It says set up professional audio in audio settings. That's bizarre. Wow. Um, Anyway, so um, God, that's weird. Um, (laughs) Weird. It's weird that it knows the tone of talking to singing on, on a Zoom thing, you know, and it could pick that up that quick yeah that's scary
2: it's probably scanning so that you don't copyright or something like that because it's
1: recording oh interesting yeah or the settings of i don't know that's bizarre um yeah i wouldn't know i know what that is but <clears throat> but anyway so so that little theme plays and he, and she doesn't really understand and stuff and uh okay so this part's funny so they sneak out and he's gonna leave and like get some more money and get a crew and come back and do it and his friend's like no man we're right here the yeah. guys are sleeping what are you doing? And it's almost like a little mantra about filmmaking or problems or life. Like, well, no, we got to retreat and build ourselves back up and take on the thing. And the guy's like, no, man, this is our chance. And the other, and the other side, the two sides, the guy's like, this is, here's, Oh, this is, is too right fresh
2: up. after the Uvald shooting.
1: Yeah. yeah but it was interesting. But it was cool. So, so then the guy, the father goes, okay, well give me time to think. So then he thinks for like 10 seconds, he's like doing this like thinker pose and then he, and then he just gets up and they like go run in and they're running and their plan is basically run in kidnapper and sneak out. Like that's this big fucking plan, you know?
2: Yeah. And, but it like, they get zero resistance is my favorite part of that. Like this is your queen and your goddess. Like this is the most cherished, most protected person in your whole, you know, community. And they basically just like grab her, knock her out, and you know she's over his shoulder, and her bums like you know, yeah. F- like I love, she looks great with her bum going through the oh, floor. Yeah, yeah. That was a nice shot.
1: Yeah, I'd I read on the box <laughs> that she's in uh, the, the show, the film, uh, a conquest. That's a Fulci film,
2: the like, mm-hmm.
1: fake Conan film. So yeah, she's love like, her in that. Yeah, I'll have to watch it's like that again. Excellent film. I saw that at Rendezvous actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the big art, so then she screams and they kidnap her, and then, by the time the morning comes, they wake up, they see she's gone, and they all charge all like eighty of them or whatever, and that's a good scene, like they have a lot of people in that sequence, and they're all like getting ready to fucking kill him and then they have the big showdown, the big fight first with his the younger guy he tries to take the guy on, and then he uh stabs him, and then so they finally fights the father, and then he's gonna kill the the main cannibal but then the girl says stop stop I'll go with you don't do it don't do it he still tries to do it and the guy finally backs off and then he says that she's free to go and uh, what am I say oh yeah so then uh, I noticed about oh yeah that's what I liked about her so she had great tan lines and great eyelashes her fucking eyelashes and her eyes were amazing in this oh yeah totally doing close-ups of her eyelashes you know
2: yeah I mean I think those are fake yeah Yeah. yeah, Well, falsies
1: but, but no, that was, was good.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was, like, sort of part of her whole... You know, they all, you know, have so much face
1: paint and stuff on. Like, why not, you know, give her... Oh, yeah, yeah. Shot. Give her the glamorous, because she's the queen, and she should be right. like, you know... She's got almost, like, the... Because her paint is almost, like, a, almost like a crown as well. The kind of the things is, like, she's wearing a crown on her, on her head, you know? The
2: jungle queen, the green. Yeah, yeah the blue, I mean. Yeah.
1: So, um, <laughs> yeah, and then he takes her off, and then it just is the end. So then he just like that's the end of it you know so
2: yeah well I mean the you know the big fight is pretty much like the it's a pretty crazy grand finale I mean for like a guy to fight like the you know King Juggalo in the water like I mean because that I I, kind of kept thinking like this is kind of daring of Franco to like decide this is how he's gonna have the big finale because I mean you've got like a like a one-armed guy fighting with like a, you know his his fake arm is clearly like he's just holding it to his chest and yeah. but like it they pull it off you know like struggling and i mean he's choking him he's got two hands around the guy well, and the other plus they do like, like a
1: up uh, fucking a wrestling lockup too i would noticed that so they do like wrestling moves like oh they're actually gonna do some wrestling here professional wrestling you know
2: right yeah yeah, yeah yeah you're you're, uh, (laughs) with all your your wrestling stuff you you probably have like names for all the moves but yeah it was i don't know and yeah but like when you know when he's she's gonna drown the guy like i mean i kept thinking like the trauma of this woman, you know, like if her guy kills her dad and she has to like cheer him on again, like all these years later, like to cheer, like to cheer on killing her dad that she knows it's, it's her dad. You know, he said, you're my daughter and like that she's supposed to be like on the tribe side. Like, so, but then like, you know, if, if her dad kills this guy, like that's the guy she's been sleeping with and married to for, you know, it's like, like either
1: way, this poor girl was just screwed for life <laughs> like i just kept thinking right like, that's true way what i think but me i was thinking like when i was you know, being the guy when i was hearing her screaming don't do it i was thinking hey fuck her man that guy killed all these people that went with this guy and lena and killed all these motherfuckers fuck him i'm gonna kill that motherfucker like that's how i was thinking i was like not even thinking about her i was just like fuck <laughs> don't let that motherfucker live all the shit he did fuck him man you know kill him
2: yeah, Buddy. but she doesn't
1: really, you know, she's that's the world she grew up in, you know, she was out in the jungle and that's all she saw and
2: those people yeah. she
1: lived with. So, yeah. So he was hiding in the trees, doing fucking, throwing fucking darts and blow darts and everything else kill motherfuckers and shit so you know yeah
2: no that guy's like a mass murderer he's like yeah so you should (laughs) fuck that guy (laughs) it was like kill him kill him you know like i mean i agree but i was like but this chick is like 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 i was hoping that neither of them were gonna die because i was like this chick is gonna be
1: messed up for life like I don't know, but it's funny too that he uses the uh, Eugenie theme kind of at the end there, with the father reclaiming the daughter and taking her out of this. Yeah, and has to. Man.
2: He explains like you have to fight for you know for the 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 woman, like the men have to fight for the woman, and it's like that's really creepy when it's like the dad versus the you know the paramour or whatever. It's like that that doesn't
1: that's that's not okay. Like that's well, creepy. plus two like, and it's the white <laughs> father and the white daughter. And he's basically, his daughter's joining another race or another group, another people, right. and he has to go in and save his daughter from these less, you know, cultured sure. people and then take her out. And you got to live with me in the white way. And so it's kind of funny to see some of that. I was like, oh, geez, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like just totally kind of you know, didn't get the memo about what the cannibal films were supposed to be conveying, you know, <laughs> like, because most of the cannibal films are kind of like, they, they do try to nod to that cannibal holocaust, you know, sentiment of like, but who's the real, you know, monsters? And like, because, you know, I mean, obviously, civilized people are like, you know, I mean, I mean look what Russia's doing to Ukraine you know like like right. the, the most evil happens under like civilization you know so it's like you know like you can get all you're just you know primitive but I mean the you know the the actual like horror that you can inflict as a primitive versus as a civilized person is that's you know
1: right and as if you're civilized you're you're controlled and when you're primitive you're not controlled you're feral you're your own you're free you're, you're your own right
2: and so it's more innocent really like right. when, so, yeah, so,
1: it's a lot more innocent when you're not like under law, right? You're defending your territory, you're you're you know, the, yeah, the white man
2: versus you know,
1: like right. oh, this is where we live. You know, it's funny too. As I was describing that, I was kind of thinking too of uh, that movie uh, hardcore with George C. Scott, where he goes in to save his daughter from the porn industry. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul Schrader film from 79, actually, right yeah. before this. So that's funny, I remember that. That's a it, good came one. out about a couple years before, or maybe my daughter. Yeah. So that this is him so- going to save his daughter, the same as this film he's going to save his daughter from the people. He has to kill and fucking save her and shit.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny, the the whole cultural thing. But I also too, feel like this I, goes I, feel like I want to shout out to Green Inferno right
1: now. I still love Eli Roth's like a cannibal film. Have you seen that one? I have not. In- I know I know of it. I know what it is and everything and and I do like Eli Roth and so I just never sat down and watched it, you know. A lot of people will pan it and like say it's whatever, but I think it's a. It, I think it took t- took
2: all the notes so great, really good as far as like the whole. You know, um, we have a, we have we're we're more civilized. We don't do FGM. That's the one. That's the thing that they go through in that one. That's good funny. <laughs> but then at the end, they realize. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah well i'll tell you how yeah, but yeah it. yeah,
2: Jess did not get that memo, so yeah, his is kind of actually like you you like you just made clear it it's kind of has some racist sentiment well, also
1: too, this is taken from an old jungle uh a, a 40s serial, basically uh oh is talk it? About it it's it's basically you know because everything is made off something else, and um oh not everything <laughs> yeah it's um probably I I was
2: made off of cannibal movies i didn't realize it was also a store that he grabbed from.
1: Yeah, it's basically uh, from Robert Hill's 12th part Queen of the Jungle, 1935, about a little girl lost in a ballooning accident over the jungle who is found by a native tribe and grows up to become their queen before being rescued by an old friend who tries to bring her back to the parents who she no longer remembers. Huh. Okay. But also, too, it says, uh, but also, too, I was thinking this is like um, the searchers a little bit, too, where, you know the daughter's kidnapped by the indians and john wayne has to go in and you know commit all these kill all these people to save this. Really, well who's the bad guy you know that type of thing too so
2: right yeah
1: so yeah well, okay let's go ahead and skip over a few they don't things kill
2: any uh, any of the tribe people until like that end duel. The very
1: end yeah a few get killed but yeah because the guy shoots well with one arm and, like shoots those three that come at him just like yeah, Phew, yeah. Phew. i
2: was like come on dude yeah fun. they're not like going in to kill they're just going
1: into you know kidnap or whatever, yeah yeah you know. but they eat everybody else and fucking stab and shit and So yeah yeah Fuck them. Them kill. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> bounce the numbers a little bit so yeah okay so things that are not on the list there's basically no uh dance scenes on stage stripping there's no chained up persons in this film uh well there's tied up persons to pull oh like. yeah you're right you're right yeah yeah duh, i didn't think about that good call so yeah and i i said earlier you're right i totally didn't catch that um okay well there's no dance scenes on stage stripping um there's no magic tongue scenes lena kisses that guy but i was watching for the tongue but she doesn't <laughs> the tongue. always watching for lena's tongue always always, always, forever. On the, always looking for lena's tongue on the horizon um <laughs> No sheepskin rugs, no masturbation, of course, which wouldn't have fit in this film anyway. So, you know. no, especially Lena. Uh, no mad scientists. Uh, there's fish tank shot. Uh, no handwritten notes or signs, which is kind of a shame. No, uh, let's see what else. No inept cops, no belly chains, no great headboards. Um, oh yeah, fear or desire. What is this film? Fear,
2: fear? yeah, fear. fear. Def
1: go with fear and no acoustic guitar player, but plenty of drummer, you know, bongo drummers and other, you know, people playing music. So,
2: yeah, yeah. Lots of tribal rhythms,
1: which is great. You think about it Jess always has music in his film and there's always a band playing. So like this is kind of like the band playing is the fucking cannibals playing their music and everybody having a good time. And, And there's a great scene, too, where they cut from the people dancing on the boat. To the tribes people playing the music and dancing and he kind of shows that and he goes to that right after i was like oh that's kind of a cool contrast that he shows you know just keeping that same music theme going through but uh, two different songs you know right yeah so already uh you have any uh final words on this you want to talk about or anything you want to wrap up on the film Cannibals? Mm, um just
2: that yeah i i don't know i Loved the actual cannibal queen. I liked how, how she played her innocent thing, how she didn't talk really at all. She just kind of used her face and body to, you know, show her majesty and yet innocence and, and her kind of feminine myth mythology. I don't know. What is the word? Her feminine mystique. Yeah. yeah
1: there you go.
2: Yeah. So that I dug that.
1: I liked Antonio Mayans in this film. Cause if you didn't know him or who he was in the franco universe you would just think he was just some guy but it's cool that he's such a leading man he's playing this part with his face all made up and covered and and all this and using a different name uh robert foster and everything but he's like you know still the guy to be the main person you know so i thought he was pretty cool to see
2: yeah yeah it's good stuff
1: (laughs) there's a nice scene too that i caught i liked of uh we see lena earlier when she's the the nurse and she's smoking a cigarette outside this kind of a door and they pan past her and into the room. And it's a really, really nice shot, which I thought was just pretty sexy. You know, Franco wanted just to shoot Lena and smoke and he thought that'd be a nice shot and he just figured he'd set it up and shoot it. And yeah, oh, it yeah. does look really nice. And there are some nice shots in this. The editing is pretty cool with this. I like the style and uh, you know, it's, I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. I thought it'd be a lot more schlocky and cheesy and the schlockiness and cheesiness is fun to me in it. And it's more his style, and uh, I liked the low-budgetness of it. I liked that you could tell it was shot in, like, a public place, like a a nature conserve or a nature retreat or some kind of a park or something. And I liked how some of the huts looked too manufactured with some of the things hanging out front and the cheapness of the skeletons. And some of that stuff just played it really nice where it was like you're watching a movie and you're not supposed to take it for reality, you know? It's
2: interesting that I watched Devil Hunter back or, you know, prior to this, because that is definitely filmed like in the wild or something like there's just these giant bushwhacking things where there's this huge, like, leave frond plant things and they're out and, and you do see the difference in this one to that one nice. it doesn't like it doesn't look as you know i mean like i said the bamboo where did that come from like it's just all this stuff like you can tell it's more of a garden but they're, they're you know than than this actual wild so it makes you wonder if maybe like jess took notes on that and saw you know like that you know since he said that he did Double hunter a few years later a few one a few, four later or something right yeah four films maybe- after this yeah yeah so maybe he like caught that that was like a tell in this one and so he wanted to be more authentic going forward he, i mean
1: maybe maybe not but it could you be, know, yeah yeah you know it could be just maybe he figured, learned this you one. what you know you like about it what you did wrong and he's probably wanted to change those little bits you know but but you know, i mean i i definitely liked it because it just it presented it like it was a a serial or a jungle adventure and stuff and it was just cool to see him do this style and him do a a gory horror film quote unquote i mean there's a lot of gore there's a lot of meat and there's a lot of you know it's not i was laughing though on the dvd it says a 97 on the vomit meter by joe bob briggs and i'm like i don't know if it's a 97 on the vomit meter but
2: (laughs) well i mean because of all the gore isn't that what he's talking about there yeah
1: but to me i don't know i mean it's gory but it's not gory 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 (laughs) gory gory hallelujah you know it's, it's it's i don't know
2: yeah, I mean I, it is kind of that. that's the main gist of it
1: though is just that everybody's getting eaten and you right. know, I don't know
2: maybe. But, I, it
1: definitely it, delivers what it's supposed to do. You see cannibals eating human flesh like zombies so you know that, that does what it covers all the bases so yeah, most definitely. There's nudity jungle settings, you know the cannibal guys it's funny that there's no, you know, like I said all Spanish gypsies is pretty funny to have as the cannibal tribe but whatever but yeah, yeah it's funny and I liked all the little kids running around laughing. Like I said earlier, it was funny. It was just like a real family setting. Like, you know, Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Ida's dancing topless and all the little kids are just running around playing. And it was just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Another Sunday night fun, you know?
2: Well, you know, different cultures have different, you know, things. I mean, the NRA is going to have a party this weekend, right? And that's to be the same thing. Their kids will be running around with like AK 47s and giggling. And that's like the same exact thing. Yeah. So, we have that here too in civilization completely psychotic people just you know hanging out with the fam
1: yeah. <laughs> kind of a little window into the uh thing that we watched. so that was cool so yeah all right about
2: current events but it's just a little too much these days
1: yeah. <laughs> well luckily we have a
2: talk about a how civilized we are these days is a little bit you know
1: <laughs> a little much I want to see more on you so All righty. Well, with those words, I will bid you adieu. Have a good night and I'll talk to you later. Cheers.